0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Personal Finance with uh, Charles Ross. Uh, we're broadcasting live from Atlanta, GA. Got an interesting show for you on uh, tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking about two things. Uh, we're going to be talking about how to deal with your insurance during this uh, pandemic. And then also we're going to talk about, um, uh, well, meet a unique business owner that has a unique product. And uh, so uh, before we get started, want to introduce our guest. Uh, good evening, Tamara. Are you there? I am. Good evening,
2: Charles. Ah, uh, good evening, you.
1: Tamara. Thank you so much for taking time out of a Friday night. I'm sure you've got uh, a lot you could be doing. Well, obviously, everybody's quarantined, so I guess you have a lot to do inside. Uh, I've known Tamara for about 10 years, and uh, she's uh, – let me just give you a little brief background on – who will be listening to on today? Uh, she's an insurance agent for the last 20 years, and she holds five—count that five—insurance licenses. I'm sure she's going to tell you what those are in a minute. She's owner of two Allstate agencies, one in Conyers, Georgia, and one in Douglasville. So she's got them on two sides of Atlanta, on the east side and the west side. So she's covering all that. She's a part-time lecturer at the University of Georgia which definitely makes her dear to me cuz that's uh, my Alma Mater president of Gatson Training Associates offering insurance and real estate courses she's a wife and mother of 3 wow born in Wisconsin and raised in Lithonia Georgia thank you so much uh Tamara for uh joining us today uh you know what's been going on I'm I'm sure you know uh I'm sure you've been keeping up as a um, financial professional and an insurance expert. Um, what's your take on what's going on with this pandemic? Well, how do you see from an insurance perspective, how does this impact your business?
2: Well, it's definitely um, shaken up our industry just like it has shaken up each and every one of us, our families and our businesses as well. Um, it definitely has affected my business in a way you know we handle our day-to-day operations um just getting used to what's been the new normal um has changed for insurance agencies as well as other businesses so um i can i i can just kind of start with service related businesses ours has changed a whole lot because we still have a service to deliver but if we were running it out of a storefront location very similar to how my agencies were run, Um, now that business, in order to keep going, which is still considered an essential business to be able to service insurance products, we need to now make sure that everybody is up and running from home. So that definitely has um, taken a toll on the pockets of insurance agency owners across the state. Uh, we're dealing with just one aspect, but that's small compared to what's happening across the country with consumers not working as well as um, other businesses that are closing. Wow.
1: Wow. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you guys, you know, as an insurance, if you, where you're located, I, I know your location, I know what your locations in Kanye's. you know, uh, do you get a lot of walk-in traffic? So has that been impacted since a lot of the things you do deal with is on the phone. Has that impacted your business in that way? Or
2: we still, you know, we had to find a way to revise and not, um, you know let customers know that they're not able to come into the agency now we still do get there's still an age group that likes to come into the agency because they've built a personal relationship and make a payment you still have a group of customers who you know like to make their payments with cash or money order so yes that has been a definitely a change for them to have to do everything electronically they're being forced to do it so It is a change, but for the most part, most of our servicing has always been done over the phone. It was more so of a shift of just getting everyone prepared to work from home, new technology, new software programs, et cetera.
1: Yeah, I guess that has to be a a shock for those uh, customers who want to come in and meet with you and and, and pay their premiums uh, in person. Do you think uh, just – you know, you've been in this business twenty some years. Do you think this is gonna change things in the financial particularly in the insurance industry, but overall in the financial industry? Do you think this is gonna be a long term change or just a momentary blip?
2: Well I'll say that I think it will I think it will definitely change the insurance agencies that run a storefront operation. In the financial services industry, which, you know, a lot of my licenses are tied to, insurance licenses are tied to life and financial services products, a lot of that business had already begun to be run um, with the professional kind of working remotely and just doing in-home visits occasionally, maybe for the application. But it is changing. A lot of insurance agency owners now realize that they don't have to, you know, that we are capable of running this business a little bit more from home. Um, So that is changing. And we're going to, you know, it's a shift, and we'll have to see what all state state farm and American family and farmers, what will happen after this, because those are companies that have prided themselves on having a location in the neighborhood.
3: Mm. So now,
1: Allstate, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Allstate was the first insurance company because so I was talking with my wife, Felicia, and I was saying, hey, I'm hearing about these companies, you know, coming forward and doing X, Y, Z. These other, you know, uh, companies uh, uh, in the financial industry were doing things, the mortgage co- industry. The, uh, banks were coming forward and saying that, you know, we'll uh, suspend your mortgage payments for three, four, five, six months. I've heard, uh, financial Car loans, saying that you know we'll you know suspend your payments from four to six months, you know, and others. And I and correct me if I'm wrong. I think Allstate was the first one to step up to the plate and say, "Here's what we're going to do for our customers." Is that is that correct?
2: That's right. Really, you know, I'm really happy to see them step up in that way because those are big corporate moves that we would like to see more of as an agency owner because we're out there in the field. But Allstate was the first. And right after Allstate, American family followed behind, and now a lot of insurance companies are on board to try to give something back to customers during this time.
1: So explain, you know, what is Allstate's uh, uh, concession that they're making for uh, their, their customers? What, is, what exactly are they doing? Because I'm sure there's a lot of Allstate customers listening right now.
2: Well, all state is giving back 15% of the premium, the monthly premium that is paid during the months of April and May. Um, so, whatever is normally paid in April, 15% of that is going back to the customer based on uh, the method that they're getting a refund. Is based on however they made that that monthly payment. So, if it was by debit card or checking account. Um, If they had already paid it up for six months, they're still going to get a credit back in the form of a check. So that's the company's way um, of kind of offering something back during this time that is financially difficult for most people across the country. It is unexpected, but also, you know, the company should be experiencing fewer claims during this time because there is no one, you know, don't have a lot of people driving. Um, they should be able to save a little bit of money, if not a lot of money, um, over the next two months. So hopefully that should help them to maybe add a little bit more and more insurance companies will come on board. I know State Farm came on board yesterday to give back money to their policyholders, which was great as well.
1: So explain for, uh, to our listeners and those listening to this program, how can a insurance company like Allstate do something though. What makes them say, "Oh, I could give you fifteen percent back"? What, what, how do they how did they calculate that? How, how, what made them come to the table to decide that that's a good thing to do?
2: A lot of it is um, for goodwill, for namesake. sake. Um, they look at exactly what is it going to do to the brand, um, honestly. So some of it is also being a little bit selfish to say, "Hey, this makes." Sorry, I think we we lost each other. So yeah, cuz okay. companies are doing we they'll do it a lot um for themselves publicity because they want to go out there and say, "Hey, we're doing something good for the community." Um they're able to do it cuz they know exactly how much wiggle room they have left with how much money they're bringing in. So even though insurance companies hate to go into the unknown, and this is an unknown factor for them, um, but since this is not anything that's covered under automobile policies, it's not a claim that we're expecting to pay out. It's not covered under business policy, And it's not covered under most insurance policies that are issued except our workers' compensation policy. So they're actually going to be... Um, not expecting to have to spend money During this epidemic But actually being able to save a little money So the, they are actually Saving a little bit more So, But they're comfortable giving out the 15% Initially
1: So basically They're looking at the uh, the way, uh, you know, consumers have been driving and there are less claims over that period of time. Therefore, money they're not having to pay out. So therefore, it makes sense to say, well, we're not having the claim activity because people are not driving as much because people are not bumping into each other. Therefore, you know, we're going to do a goodwill and, you know, you know, because we're saving money to help them save a little money during this, uh, you know, pandemic, I guess. Is that that kind of what you're saying, based on claim activity? Absolutely. Okay. Now, how about in other coverages, like uh, that's in auto. How about uh, homeowners and life insurance? Are there going to be any? Any? I didn't haven't heard any uh, type of concessions along those areas. Is that something that we can anticipate, or is that something that's already out there?
2: It is not out there at this moment. They uh, insurance companies are not offering any type of credit on those particular policies. What they are offering is um, plans very similar to what you'll see uh, banks and other lenders offering, which is more time to make your payments. So I think most insurance companies have come out with a special payment plan option for clients who may be having difficulty paying. Um, unfortunately, in our industry, it doesn't. It's pretty much just postponing the payment. Um, the premium doesn't change, but it does allow you to give you more time to pay. So, if you're expecting to go back to work in the next month or two, that'll allow you a little bit more time um, to catch up on your premiums without having to cancel policy is whether that be your homeowners, renters, or any other policy. The one that we see the slowest in the delay with the special plan is the life insurance plans. Um Insurance companies are, because that, that is the policy that is responding, and we are seeing an increase in claims for life insurance, um, they are not offering any type of special payment plans unless the circumstances are really dire. But I haven't right. seen anything publicly
1: stated. And, and and have you seen an uptick in, in consumers wanting to apply for uh life insurance? I would think that uh since uh you know everything is 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 a little bit more concerned about their loved ones maybe uh getting stricken with this virus and of course every day you're hearing about that. Have you seen more interest in uh folks wanting to apply for life insurance?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So we do see an increase. People are thinking about it because as soon as you turn on the television, you actually see a head count of how many people are passing away, where we know that in our country every day we have, you know, thousands of people that die, but actually seeing numbers makes it hit home a little bit closer than than it has in other cases. Um, so we are seeing that. But, the you know, unfortunately, insurance companies are also wanting to avoid writing insurance policies on individuals who may be sick at the time or um, maybe applying just to hurry up and get something in place before something comes in. So they're trying to avoid having a rash of claims over the next couple of years stemming from COVID-19. So they have tightened underwriting guidelines, and they are not accepting um, as many new clients as we have seen in the past that we were able to assist with coverage.
1: And so what I hear you saying is that, obviously, if you've been diagnosed with the uh, the COVID-19, you're you're not going to get a policy. Um, is that what you're saying? If you've been diagnosed, uh, you're not going to be able to get a life insurance policy at this time?
2: Not at this time, you're not. We do have a, they're given a waiting period, or you are having to show some type of proof that um, that you have been cured and it has been gone, and each company has their own set of guidelines as to how long that's been. But, no, if you currently have COVID-19 or have just recently um it has just recently passed through your particular system, and you are on the verge of full recovery. You will be in a waiting period for most carriers, but they just put it kind of on hold in general because you know it's estimated that there are a lot of people who are, do not know at this moment or have not been tested.
1: And and uh, and so they're not even rating. You know, uh, consumers who are applying. So there's just like you can't get it at all right now, which is understandable. It's like if I guess uh, COVID nineteen is sort of like if you have cancer, you're not going uh-huh. to get a policy if you have cancer because obviously there's all different types of cancer and the mortality for various different types of cancer is different. So uh, and that really makes sense, you know. Now speaking on a on a general basis, when you're looking, let's talk about auto insurance for for a minute what type of things, what's the, what's the minimum guidelines that you should have when you're looking at auto insurance? Because I'm sure a lot of people now have a lot of time on their hands to kind of look at what they currently have. Uh, they, even with the 15%, they might be thinking about, well, you know, you know, how can I cut some expenses or make sure I have enough coverage on my uh, auto insurance? Can you speak to that a little bit?
2: Yeah, I can. Um, that is, you know, that's a difficult question to answer because everybody's um, need of or what they want insurance to cover is differs. I will say that, you know, insurance policy, especially when it comes to car insurance, is the cheapest form of legal assistance when it comes to um, paying out if you are involved in an accident and it's your fault. So it's much less expensive to have paid a monthly premium than to be sued for hundreds of thousands of dollars if someone was killed in an accident. So to have that protection plan in place at the time definitely is cost saving. So what should people look for? That will vary depending on their particular need, how much money they actually have saved up, um, and their family their family dynamic. Um, do you have young drivers at home? Uh, what's the experience of the average driver? Do you have are you adults who have um, tickets in the last few years because that means that the frequency level in your household is a little higher than what you'll see elsewhere. It is always recommended to carry um, more coverage than what the minimum requirement for the state of Georgia is, which is $25,000 uh, for medical bills per person and 25000 for the car that you hit because you, you've been a lot of people are driving vehicles that are over that amount. So you want at least enough coverage to cover a car that you're driving by. So it's very easy to total a car over 25000 But again, it just depends on the budget that you have. You want to make sure that um, you are going with a reputable company um, that you can file a claim for. Another big coverage that you don't want to, you know, forget about is things like roadside assistance because those are things that are used more often than just getting in an accident. Many people across Metro Atlanta will need a tow very easily. So you want to just be cautious about using the term full coverage because there's really no definition of full coverage. Each insurance company, each agent, and each customer decides what they consider to be fully covered, and that's going to vary from one person to the next. Um, But definitely looking at the value of your vehicles, is it worth it to carry, you know, collision or comprehensive coverage, because maybe your car is not worth a lot. So that would depend on your financial situation. I will say that now is a good time to take advantage of some of the discounts that are offered across the state of Georgia like the defensive driving discount that you can find online with different providers i know aarp offers one for twenty dollars that discount if you can do it on the computer but it gives you at least 10 percent off every time you renew for three years in our state Um, we have safe driving courses that teenagers can take and of course a good student discount that anyone under the age of twenty four can have as long as they're a full time student. So for those of you who are at home now, be time kind to kinda of, if you like the company you're with but you feel like you're paying a little bit more, double check your coverages and as well as tap into some of the discounts that you may not be automatically utilizing with your current provider.
1: Now you you mentioned a whole lot of stuff there. Boy, that's that's great <laughs> stuff. And and here's my question uh you know with the uh, advent of the internet in the last 10 or 15 years online people going online do you recommend that someone go online cuz i'm sure all state state farm and all the other co- uh, all the other insurance companies have this cap uh, capacity where you could go online and kind of create your own policy do you recommend that or do you recommend that they call somebody like yourself and say here's my situation you know, and make sure they get the right coverage. I mean, so do you advocate people going online or talking with a professional like yourself?
2: Of course, definitely I advocate them talking to a professional, in our cases, for life insurance purchases purchases, and um, house and car insurance purchases, even down to renter's insurance. So the reason there are professionals and there are licensing organizations is for a reason. Same with the real estate professional. Um, those individuals have been licensed and trained to understand the coverages, be able to explain them. The average consumer has never read their insurance policy and really has no idea how coverages work until they're involved in an accident or claim. And at the, even at that moment, um, they're learning it as they are already involved in the case. So I would definitely recommend. Um, it doesn't cost anyone any more to have an insurance professional. So I would recommend making sure whatever insurance company you use that you don't try to go at it alone. Um, if you do decide to go with the company that there is no local agent, um, but they're still a great company like um, Guypo, USAA, or um, Direct. Some of those carriers have been around for a while. They have a call, a customer service center you can utilize, and you'll be able to get information there. Or just tap into other insurance professionals that you may know who will be willing to offer you some advice.
1: So, yeah, and, and that makes sense, you know, because uh, I think with auto insurance and definitely with life insurance, and uh, it, it gets pretty complicated to try to, you know, navigate those things, and it doesn't hurt to do that. How often do you think a, a person, a consumer, should, uh, I guess, audit their you know insurances, particularly their auto and their homeowners? How often should they look at it and compare and say, okay, am I getting the best deal? How often should they do that?
2: Well, I, I would recommend that they should do that at least once a year. Um, even if it's not the best deal financially, your insurance needs to change. I know In my agency, we reach out to our customers at least once a year. I think that's at a minimum. Um, even if customers don't expect it or don't want to hear from us, it's kind of my guarantee that I will at least attempt to touch you once a year and offer you my advice if you need it. Our lives change every year. We have children. We lose people. We buy cars. We change, We make changes at our house. Um, and insurance companies is what's covering your largest assets. They're covering all of that. So you definitely at some point each year should at least be looking at what you're spending on the insurance cost because that's a big portion of um, financial expenses in most people's household each month. And are you properly covered this year? And is there some changes that could be made? So once a year is a great time frame for me, but your policies renew for a lot of companies every six months. So some people could do it even as often as every six months.
1: Well, that's, you know, that's kind of good good to know because I think a lot of people just get it and just set it aside and never take a look at it and then, you know, later down the road they may be having, you know, problems, you know, with their coverage. Uh, and so, you know, I think that makes sense. So you have an insurance agency, Conyers, and one in Douglasville. Was there a reason why you, you opened up one on, the on I guess, I consider Douglasville the west side of town, if I'm looking at the, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. west side of town. Was, is mm-hmm. there a reason why you did that? Do you
2: you have to No. Okay. I um, I purchased an agency sure. in Douglasville and based on the dynamics of that book of business. So I was going after, you know, just a valuable asset for myself, and it happened to be there. But doesn't hurt for me because I like being on the east and west sides of metro Atlanta because that's where I – that's like home, my home. So it's comfortable for me, both sides of town, two different environments. But it definitely allows me to reach more people, as well as um, employ more um, people in different areas and different sides. And my hope is to have even a third agency on another side of Metro Atlanta one day.
1: So you're a mother to three and a wife. How do you manage Mm -hmm. this? How do you, just on a personal, how do you deal with that? That's really, that's that's got to be pretty tough. How do you deal with that?
2: That's a hard question and I don't I don't know most days I'm spinning around. Um <laughs> honestly it, it is difficult for a lot of working mothers who are who are um shuffling a lot of different things. I will say that you start out by having a strong faith and knowing that things are going to work in my favor and getting up early each day to kind of make sure that you give yourself enough time I mean you have days where you're nervous just for no reason and you have days where you know you just have a really busy schedule and if you want to still need to clean your house a little bit every day you still need to cook as well as manage payroll and customer contacts and a, a couple of businesses that are running it's not an easy task but you just get up and start over every day um, and you, you feel, When you feel like you're walking in your purpose, it actually starts to become easier to do if it's meant to be. So I don't push it. I don't rush it. I just get up and kind of get prepared for the day.
1: Yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense. I'll tell you one thing, you know, uh, black girls rock. You know, I've got all daughters, and I'm telling you, you know, I keep telling them, <laughs> I, say, when y'all, I, I tell them, I said, when you all take over the world, uh, just remember your dad. <laughs> don't, 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 don't put me in a concentration camp. But uh, no, no. You know, girls, Black Girls Rock, y'all just got it going on. And I just applaud oh, you for what you're doing. I agree. You're
2: doing, great yep.
1: job. <laughs> you're doing such a great job. Thank now.
2: you very much. You
1: know, how, how can folks uh, get a hold of you? I mean, uh, you and your agency, you want to throw out a website or a phone number that folks oh, can, uh, can find you? Yep, the easiest
2: way is uh, to find me would probably be by calling me at 770-602-2558. I am located on the Allstate website. Um, My last name is Gatson, G-A-T-S-O-N, and my first name is Tamara. So you can locate me there. You can call me, and then, of course, email is is, um, also listed on the website. So either way is fine, and I'm on social media under Tamara Gatson as
1: well. And and you're a part time lecturer at UGA and then you have this uh second business, Gatson Training Associates. Tell us about uh, well first tell us about the lecturing at UGA. I'm assuming I'm assuming you're lecturing on insurance issues.
2: Would that be correct? Yeah, risk management. hmm It's a part time role. Um, so it's it, it's only when I'm when I'm needed in there, but I am teaching insurance operations courses. So I kinda stay on there book until if something comes up for me to teach but my role is to teach in the risk management department regarding insurance company operations and my students are seniors that are graduating with risk management degrees so I enjoy that heavily and in Tanya's I run an insurance training school where we are training insurance agents and adjusters across the state of Georgia and Alabama to get their insurance licenses so those classes I run monthly, and we have an online program that is called Insurance License Now, where people can sign up and take the class online as they would like. So that's just my way of giving back to what feels good to me, and the training school has been there for 12 years, but we are actively trying to get as many people involved in the insurance industry as possible and just spread it. It's worked for me, and I know that a lot of people may have not realize that it can provide them with a great career option. So that is my hope to spread the word and we've done so by making sure that we've licensed over three thousand individuals. So I'm really, really proud of that. That makes me feel good.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well Tamara, thank you so much for being a a uh, a guest on your personal finance. Uh, much success to you and uh thank you so much. And I you know, I hope mm-hmm. we will have you back on again to talk about some other insurance right, things that we get down the road here.
2: Sure. Sure. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you as well. Have a great week. Uh,
1: all right. You too now. Uh, good evening. Mr. Hancock, is that you? Hey, how you doing? Good, good. I understand you're having some listening issues down there in uh, Griffin, Georgia, where you live. <laughs> you having some issues yeah, down we- there?
3: Yo, I'm here now. I can hear it. Okay, awesome. Listen,
1: I'm going to play a little segment, and then I'm going to come back to this about two-minute segment, then I'm going to come back to you and get into what you're doing with it, all right? Can you hold on for about two minutes?
3: All right.
1: All right, be right back. And we're going to play a segment of uh, Your Personal Finance, uh, a two-minute vignette. And then on the other side of this, we'll be talking with uh, Jason Hancock, and he has a unique business I think you'll be very interested in hearing about.
0: Your wallet is a little short, but the bills keep coming. Financial strategies when money is tight on today's Your Personal Finance. at yes. then your utility bill and insurance. When it comes to your car loan or lease, miss a payment and you'll hear from the lender or leaser within 10 days. But if you don't pay up after 60 days, expect the company to take measures to have your car repossessed. With credit cards, if you don't make the minimum payment within five days of the due date, expect form letters every couple of weeks requesting payment. If you don't make a payment, they will suspend your charge privileges. Keep in mind, car loans and credit card payment histories will be reported to the credit bureau and will impact your ability to get future loans. So it's always wise to try to work out a free
1: schedule in advance. Your personal finance, I'm Charles Ross. And we're back to the, your personal finance with Dr. Charles Ross. Uh, joining me uh, uh, on the phone now is Jason Hancock. Uh, Jason Hancock Sr., I might add. He is the owner of... and Let, let me get this right. Is, did I say it right? Am I going to say this right? Umlilo?
3: Is that right? Why don't um, you say it? No, sir. <laughs> Umlilo. Say that again? Everybody mess it up. Everybody do it. Like, Umlilo. Um, Umlilo. Lilo. Okay, I got it.
1: Um, <laughs> Lilo Juice Company. Uh, he's a co-founder and secretary of We Are One organization, and uh, I'm sure he's going to share a little bit about that. He's an educator at Price Middle School native of Atlanta and a proud graduate of Savannah State University um, great to have you on the, on the show uh, when I heard uh, we uh, Jason and I worked together at the same school and when I heard about his juicing and I used to see him with the juice all the time and I thought he was bringing it in for his lunch or whatever but we were talking the other day and he said no this is my company I'm like right on brother that's what's up uh, you know everybody gotta have a sideline thing they're working towards so uh, I wanted him to come on and talk about uh, this venture and how you got started. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background first. Now, if my, correct me if I'm wrong. You're, you're a graduate of Savannah State, but did you play football or something? Am I wrong?
3: Yes. No. Um. No. No, sir. No? Um. I didn't play football. That was the goal. But when I got there, all the football coaches got fired. So I, was, oh. I just became a, a regular student. <laughs> Oh, okay. But you played football in high school, I'm assuming. Yes, sir. I played football in high school. Um, I played for um, Spawn High School, and I played for Washington High School.
1: Okay, awesome, awesome. Uh,
3: so, tell me how you
1: came up with this uh, this 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 juice company. What made you become an entrepreneur?
3: Um, the main thing was. Um, if a lot of people don't know, I'm a single. I was a single father. Um, I have full custody of my middle son, and so I I needed income, more income. So, um, what I did, I started studying and I'm doing my research on what fruits, vegetables roots, herbs can do to the body. And I just started what hinders our community. So I started looking for stuff like diabetes, arthritis, and stuff like this. So. Once I started doing research on that, I started doing research on what can I use to help the community. And so, um, like like you said, I'm also a co-founder of Will One Organization, and we are non-profit. So, being having a non-profit, being an educator, and having my own juice company, it was just my way of having my full circle of doing community service to the community I live in. And so that was the main reason I started. And so, how long have you have you had have you had this company? How long
1: have you had this product that that you've been putting out?
3: Um, this I'm going on my fifth year.
1: Five, five years. And how, how's it going five so
3: far? Years. Um, it's going great. Um, is it right now? Yeah, because I'm I'm finally setting the foundations. I look at my company like a building. I'm on I'm on the first floor now. <laughs> So I, I went through a lot of bumps and bruises, and now I've developed a taste. I'm getting the results I'm looking for, and it's doing good. So what what is
1: what is your plans? You're a, you're an educator now. Um, you know you're, you're teaching in middle school. I mean, what is your what is your long term plan? With looking down the road, 15 years down the road, where, where do you want to be?
3: Um, With this, I still want to be in um, education, some type of form of education. Um, I want to get more, I want to get deeper into the community. So when I do get, the goal is to get a juicing bar, but bring in a different style of juicing bar. So I want to have the open mics. I want to have classes um, because I graduate with my master's in July. So I'll be able to teach adults. So I want to okay. bring something, an, another level to what I'm doing for the community. And so, it's so basically can- I want to just continue to grow. So you look not looking at uh, mass
1: distribution, having this product in, you know, uh, grocery stores or and, and other places around the country. You just, you know, want to open up a restaurant, just have the, you know, a cafe, I guess and have have that be the center point of your of your juicing empire versus mass distribution around the country around the world so you just kind of wanna oh, no
3: i wanna i wanna do both i wanna do both okay. but um i wanna do more for the community also so I, um with the juicing Bar, I'm still gonna shield, still gonna look for opportunities to go to events um still going to just push. What I'm doing is further than what I have. What I'm doing right now. Because I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, that if if this thing takes off, you know,
1: um, and maybe I heard you wrong. I heard you say that you, you'll stay an educator, teaching, you know, uh, eighth graders <laughs> at social studies. Is, is, is that what I hear you say? Because I, I would think that if this thing takes off, man, you going your hands gonna be full.
3: Oh yeah. Oh. oh. Before I became an educator, i wanted to stay in educator, um in education. Before I became an educator I was a, a park ranger. Um, my fir- my degree is in political science and my mind is in history, so I wanna continue just to to build on that and also bring that into the juicing bar. So I can have after school programs and it can merge into what we are doing that we are one also.
1: Okay. I'm number five, 5. other guys.
3: <laughs> the number is five one six three
1: eight seven one five five four. If you have a question for for Jason Hancock Senior about getting into business, have you thought about you know? So what's the next step? I mean, you're producing this. Uh, I'm assuming in your home right now. So what's the next mm-hmm. step for you? What's the next step in terms of getting to a, a a mass production? Because do you have any of this product in any stores or anything like that?
3: No, oh, sir. Um, that's my goal right now. That's what I'm building on. So I'm using this downtime just to really educate myself on what routes I should take. So, but that's the goal to get in the stores.
1: Okay. Okay.
3: And 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 I think
1: that's the that's the thing. That's the biggest challenge. I think a lot of time with with uh, business owners trying to get your product in the stores because if you go in any store, you see a lot of product that that's in there so you know for our listeners what would make someone choose your product over someone else's I mean why would they say let me take let me take this uh, juicer versus maybe uh, another one what's the what's the competitive advantage that you have I guess?
3: Um, The competitive advantage is just the taste and the names behind the juices so um, the idea I have for my juices is every juice has a name of a, a song we love. So for example, I have a a smooth operator. So my smooth operator is for arthritis. And so um, just with the, with the juice the itself and later on down the line with the experience, you're going to gain with this company, I think you, you'll pick this company out of everybody company because it's not going to be a typical juicing bar. You're going to get that experience
1: uh, and so I also see that you're the co founder of an organization called We Are One Organization. You wanna to speak to that? What's that what's that organization all about?
3: Um, we are one we are five. We all grew up together. Um when I was in sixth grade I moved to Griffin with my dad. So the gentleman that we all got together we first we met in middle school. So we went to AZ Chelsea Middle School in Griffin, Georgia. Um, went to high school. We split up. Went to college. Started our family. So um, we all came back together. And it's myself, um, Kebaya's Bunner, Gerard Jackson, Tony Sidney, and D.C. Um, so we're on our fifth year. Um, this year, um, we're we've been to Jamaica doing mission trips. We give scholarships. Um, we in the community. Um, we do a lot with um. A lot of uh, a lot of nonprofits in the city. For example, um, United Way. We do a lot of um,
1: events with United Way. Awesome, awesome. So, so how do you how do you raise money? Do you guys contribute your own resources, or you know, how do you raise? You look for donations, or uh, you know, non. I'm assuming you're a non-profit Is, Would that be correct? Yes, sir.
3: Okay, okay
1: so non-profit, okay.
3: Um, through donations. Through donations so folks, in the beginning. Okay. In the beginning, we um we started in our own pockets, and then we started developing partnerships and relationships with um or other organizations. Um, we also have a subcontract with SunTrust Park, mm-hmm. and we also get donations um, on our website. So our website is weareone.org.com. So you can go visit that if you um want. Okay,
1: and how how can people get in touch with you if they want to, you know, get your juice, uh, to sort of, you know, get a chance to to taste the product? All right.
3: Um, right now, um, you can reach us on Instagram. Right now, our website is down because we're doing rich press release. It's downtime to just build, but um, you can follow us on Instagram at Umlilo Juice Company. Okay, great. Great, great, great. And
1: how would you come up with the name, Umlilo? Uh, that's a unique name.
3: Um, it's Zulu. Uh, and it's and I'm, okay. I am I like the movie, and I like the culture of that um, tribe of people. And so it's just, and it also means fire. And so, you know, in an urban community, when something tastes great, it's fire. And
1: so
3: Umlilo is should it's perfect. Well, let's switch this real quickly and
1: talk about with the, during this pandemic and, you know, we're on spring break right now and Monday we start up again. How's that going so far in, in distance learning, which I kind of call a combination of distance learning and homeschooling because parents at home mm-hmm. having to help their things. How's that going so far, you know, just uh, with, um, with, you know, with you and just what you see around the country and what you're hearing?
3: Um, we, from personal experience, um, working in purpose, Build I, I believe we're doing a great job compared to speaking to my friends in Griffin. Um, in the beginning, teaching online using, um, um Google Classroom, it was kind of hard for me because I'm I'm young, but I'm almost old school teacher. So I like being in person, Feeling the students, and, and and using my personal relationships to build the story on social studies, but. I'm getting better I like it now um, Going to the third Fourth week Because I can do more I can use more images I can use more videos To paint the picture Of what's going on In social studies um, Also with um, The stuff that's going on today I can use that Because right now I'm on The Great Depression um, World War One. So it, it Sort of Kind of Almost in the same bar
1: game, uh, what's going on today? And and you're so right, you know, because we don't know how this is all going to end out, you know, end up. A matter of fact, and so I think, you know, it's an experiment in in, in in not only distant learning, but in dealing with some of the inequities, because a lot of folks, you know, I'm sure the population that we serve, first of all, getting online to make sure they kept Wi-Fi, and then making sure they have mm-hmm. the technology. You know, that's, you know, and then how to use the technology and troubleshoot when things don't go right. You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, uh, this exasperating that 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 divide that exists. And then, of course, with the pandemic, you know, the African-Americans are dying and getting more cases than any other ethnic group. So that creates a whole right. issue right there. So it's kind of open up a whole Pandora box of stuff that uh, we're going to hopefully be dealing with for some time to come. Well, thank you so much, uh, 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 Jason, for coming on and sharing
3: with our listeners again. Go ahead and give us uh, information on how we can get in, they can get in touch with you. All right. Uh, before before I get off and before I do that, I want to thank you for what you're doing for Price Middle School and how you hit the ground running and, and getting in contact with the students and making sure they have devices and making sure they're okay. I just want to thank you before I even go on and, and give the information.
1: Well, thank you. You're so kind. But you guys are doing the heavy lifting. I'm just trying to make sure that they have access. And when I go out and do these home visits and so um, – but you guys are doing the heavy list lifting, just what you guys have to deal with uh, in terms of not only trying to do your job teaching but also having to deal with your family and your own stuff at home and just dealing with the anxiety about what, not knowing what's going to happen. I tell people all the time that – you know we came in on a Thursday on the twelfth, and they said, "Hey, come to school the next day, but be prepared to be out two weeks <laughs> and and we had we had to scramble. To try to figure out, you know, what are we Ooh. gonna do? Printing stuff, and then we thought, okay, we're gonna be out two weeks, and then what, what happens? We find out, oh, we're gonna be out to after two weeks after spring break, and then the governor decides, hey, guess what? School's out for the rest of the year, but you know what? You guys gotta keep working year. the rest of the year, and and you still gotta, you know, uh, teach these kids long distance. So uh, mm-hmm. you guys have heavy lifting, and I applaud you guys. But thank you so much in what you do. But go ahead and give people your contact information so they can find you and get some of this uh, juicing stuff. I'm going to have to come down there to Griffin and get some. Uh, you know, I got property down there in Macon, so I may have to come down there on the way and, and get some of this juice. But go ahead and share okay. your information again.
3: Uh, to get information on, on Lilo Juice, you can um, visit us on Instagram, Lilo Juice, LLC. um We Are One, you can follow us on all social uh, media sites. At we are one com. You can go on our website and see all the upcoming events we are doing.
1: Great, great. Thank you so much, Jason. Much success to you. And uh, I don't know when I'm going to see you, but <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, so be sooner than later, man. You know, but uh, I'll so. All right, man. It's just the right. small
3: things. small things. All right, Doc. Thank you so much. All right,
1: man. You're welcome, Jason. All right. All right. Take care, then. Have a good weekend. All
3: right. yeah that's a
1: that's a good brother man you know uh, he gives me encouragement about the next generation of, of folks coming up and uh, he he really identifies and handles those kids you know in the school you know um, if you're familiar with the three oh three one five area code uh, we have uh the average household income in that area is about twenty two thousand only one out of four uh, uh residents in that area have a high school. Education, And so you can imagine what that does in terms of, you know, um, trying to, to help their, 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 their kids during this pandemic. And one thing that is clear about online learning is that you got to be able to read very well, proficient at grade level, and you have to be able to write. And, you know, for the population that we serve, uh, many of the students, and this is not for in, in, in my, in, in this school, at, at, at Price Middle School, as, as Jason shared, but this is around the country that many students are two or three grades behind. And so, and many of those students are students of color, African American students. So, it's going to be an interesting how we, when we get on the other side of this pandemic, how um, school superintendents and governors and uh, state superintendents deal. With grades and things like that, we've heard everything from. I was on a broadcast earlier this week where one particular district, I think it's Cobb County, they have decided. And Cobb County is here in the, in the in the Atlanta area. For those who might be listening in some other part of Georgia, and they just said, you know, whatever grade that they had at the when when they canceled school, uh, when they had to go on a uh, leave, that's the grade they're going to get. That's it. They're not even trying to do distant learning. Um, now, how is that going to play out in the fall when they have to come back? Because they, they will have missed two, two and a half months of, of instruction. So that's going to be interesting. And then, of course, most districts are going to distant learning, and and, and that's kind of how they're you know keeping things going. So that's going to be interesting how these districts uh, deal with this uh, for next year. And uh, they, of course, in Georgia, they've canceled the Georgia Milestone, which means they're not given the end-of-school test. Um, so, and that's for high schools and all. So, so it's a, it's, a, it's it's going to be really interesting. Well, we will also stop through with our show for uh, this Friday evening. I do want you to email me on some topics that you would like to hear about. I already have one already. I had somebody. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, Where they said something that they're interested in um, says I like to learn about investing for beginners. If you you talk about that, tag me please. Okay, all right, yeah, that's something we're going to talk about because investing right now is going to be real, real interesting, you know, um, because of the fact that uh, folks are trying to figure out what to do with their money, you know, uh, they're trying to figure whether they should go hard, they should back off. and i shared on another broadcast how how when, when when the stock market drops a lot of people kind of pull back but that's the time you should be buying because there are a lot of companies that are out there that you couldn't buy or maybe the prices were kind of high before that you perhaps you know couldn't buy but now they might be 15 20% cheaper and so this might be a good time for folks to you know give that some thought so we're gonna talk about that maybe. Uh, so I want you to, uh, you know, email me topics that you're interested in, and my email is CharlesRoss at outlook dot com. That's Charles Ross, all lowercase at outlook dot com. And also, if you have a unique product or service that uh, you think is worthy of our listeners being exposed to, then also uh, send me your interest and in what your product is and or service that you provide, uh, and we'll get that on hopefully as soon as possible. Uh, My commitment is to broadcast at least three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 p.m., just for an hour. Sometimes it might be shorter, uh, depending on what my wife has for me to do. You know, uh, does. But since now that uh, we're working from home, both of us, and, uh, and we, we've been doing well, you know, so far. You know, we ventured out today to get to get some, you know, to get some uh, uh, food. And, uh, there, you know, as far as I can tell, you know, we go out and then we come right back home. And there are still a lot of people out there just business as usual. Now, they may have a mask on um, and maybe gloves. Uh, but I think that if, if the experts are right and folks are not – doing this shelter in place deal uh we might be in this for a while and I heard one I can't remember if it was here in georgia or or some other state where they were saying that they they're considering suspending uh school uh for the uh for the fall as far as the beginning of school to put that back to you know delay that a little bit so we'll see but it's a moving target uh so please folks you know shelter in place only go out if you just absolutely have to you know to get maybe to the grocery store or a doctor's appointment or you know uh, to do something on on an emergency basis and uh, we've already had uh, a couple of people that we know that have been stricken with something i've had a cousin of 81 years old in new york city die from the coronavirus and uh and I, as i may have mentioned before that my wife had her best friend's husband is in the hospital you know um Who's stricken with the coronavirus So you know there's lots going on I had some friends who had symptoms of it You know uh, I even think I had it uh, I don't know about my wife you know, But I know I may have had it uh, We went on vacation uh, Back in the end of December And came back And I was diagnosed with the flu I got it first and then two or three, la- three late, days three, Two or three days later she got it But I think I had the worst of it I was hallucinating and I, my body was weak or I felt terrible um, but I have a, a compromised uh, bronchial system. I have some, have had bronchitis at least three or four times ever since I started teaching. Before that, I was uh, healthy as a horse. And uh, just the environment of being around so many young people that, you know, carry some of this stuff. So I want you guys to be safe. Give us some topics to talk about so we can make sure we're appealing to the things that you want to hear about. Once again, my uh, email, charlesross at outlook.com. I'm going to play another segment of uh, Your Personal Finance, and then we're going to you know, lead out with Barry White.
0: Can parents with different attitudes about finances raise money-smart kids? Find out on today's Your Personal Finance.
1: Chrysler 300M presents an original composition by Dr. Sonia Sanchez and Mr. Eric Benet.
3: Perfection In an imperfect world
2: I hear you Whispering my name in the wind Go on With your high energy self 300 I feel you Rounding these curves Bringing your rhythm of life To the road Perfection World. you bring speed and beauty you bring the future and the past i say wake up world
3: perfection and let this new day come in, in.
0: the best place for kids to learn about money is at home but according to surveys, youngsters in the U.S. are embarrassingly uninformed. What makes money a taboo subject in many households? Apparently, it's the emotional debates parents often have about it. But mothers and dads should agree on this. It's important to get an early start teaching your children basic financial concepts. To help your kids, divide money management into four basic areas, earning, spending, saving, and borrowing. In your daily routines, while you bank, pump gas, or discuss family vacations, use every opportunity to give clear, practical examples of these principles. As your kids grow, so should their financial lessons and responsibilities. For your personal finance, I'm Charles Ross.